Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone, welcome to our second episode of the new season of the Partnership Podcast and thanks Steve for joining me for this chat. Ah, you're most welcome, it's great to be here. Good, thanks. Uh, Today we're talking about church partnerships and particularly hearing about some of Steve's experience of partnering with churches and benefiting from that over the years he's worked with us, but I'm going to start by praying, so please join me in praying for us. Father God, we thank you so much that you love your church and that you love your people walking together in partnership with one another. We ask that as we listen to Steve's story today, that you'd encourage us deeply in our love for the church and in our wisdom and skill in building and nurturing strong church relationships. And we ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Steve, you've told me about how you had this amazing campus support team um, with some church leaders on it when you began working with us. Can you just tell us about how that was a benefit, what that looked like? Yeah, sure. Um, So, when I started, I was the first staff member, uh, staff worker on our campus. Um, And before me, the campus group was supported by a group of local ministers. and so they were actually the ones who interviewed me to kind of come and take on the campus ministry. And that was really helpful because it meant when I started, straight away I had legitimacy to do the ministry that, that I'd come to do. Um, because if someone said, kind of, who, who are you and what are you doing here? I could say, oh, well, look, there's this group of local ministers um, who asked me to do this. And so that was, that was actually super helpful early on. Um, these days I kind of have a track record and kind of have um, legitimacy in my own right and so that's become less useful over the years uh, but it was it was a huge help to start with. Um, as time's gone on though, as I kind of say, that's become a bit less useful um, and one of the challenges that I've hit is that the the problem with senior ministers is that they're busy. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, praise God that they're busy, they've got lots to do. Um, you know, loving people, preaching the gospel, uh, and that's something to thank God for. But it, yep. it does mean in terms of an ongoing partnership with the campus, they're not always the most available, um, not, perhaps not as available as I'd, I'd like them to be. Um, yeah, which is, has been, has been uh, challenging in various kinds of ways, but uh, they've been a huge help in all sorts of ways. Um, so, for example, so one of the churches uh, have been um, big financial partners, so they... They give to the campus ministry out of the church budget. Um, the minister himself is personally generous, uh, and a number of members of that church have been um, supporting financially uh, for a number of years, um, kind of following that lead. Um, not all the churches have done that, though. They've been helpful in other ways. So um, they've encouraged their students to be involved in the campus group. Um, uh, and it's, yeah, look, it's. It, it, it's been a really useful thing. Um, I think the third big way that they've been helpful is when stuff goes wrong or when something comes up that I don't quite know what to do, it means there's some people locally who are invested in what's going on on campus who I can go to and talk it over. And so sometimes that's been with the, the three of them, that there's three of them, if I don't think I mentioned that yet. Um, other times, if it's an urgent matter, I've caught up with one of them. So, oh, just 
the story just just occurred to me. Um, my very first orientation, uh, we got into trouble. We'd been we got kicked off campus for being at orientation. Long story there. I don't really need to go into. Um, but we'd ruffled some feathers, and so I went and caught up with one of these ministers and said, "Okay, what what do I do? I, I think I've ruined it. Like I, you know, three months on the job, not even, and we we've been kicked out. Now what?" And so he and I had a talk, and we worked out what to do, and it was it was really helpful to have someone who cared, um, who was willing to you know, drop what he was doing and come and meet with me and pray with me about the situation. So um, that's been a really huge blessing, um, you know, in all sorts of ways over the years. Mm, yeah, what a gift that is. Um, I can really imagine that. And I think it's interesting for me as I reflect on your experience and how that's been helpful for you. And it's quite a regional area that you're in. So there's that strong sense of... Um, loyal regional loyalty i think and kind of allegiance that people feel like you're that this is their campus and the group that they're committed to um which is wonderful and i think often the case for church partnerships so thinking more broadly about like how does that encourage uh, staff in other areas i think it it raises the question for me of when our staff finish up what is helpful or when the next staff member comes because it was really helpful for you as you started when the next staff member comes what kind of structures are there in place to welcome them? And how do the church leaders, you know, even feel an ownership of the ministry enough that they um, step up when there's a gap there? Um, so just really interesting for us, I think, thinking about it's too late when you're leaving to put those structures in place. But if you're putting them in place a few years before you go, um, putting them in place now for the next generation of staff is really helpful. Uh, and so you started with these three really strong church partnerships, which have been really helpful for you. But you've mentioned to me you've got quite a few stronger, part, like strong partnerships with a broader set of churches as well. What's it looked like for you to develop those? That's been interesting. Um, yeah, how do you establish a relationship with a church where you don't have any students going to it? Um, being regional has absolutely helped in that because there's, there's not like it's a competition between us and the other uni down the road. Um, we're the only campus group for a couple of hundred K. And so that's meant that there's a whole bunch of towns that are, you know, an hour, hour and a half drive away, even that we can um, get in touch with the churches there and ask them um, if they'd like us to come visit. Um, and so that's usually what we do is we'll try and organize a visit. Uh, and I'll say on the first visit, look, I don't know what a partnership might between us might look like, but how about we start by being friends and let's see where it goes. Um, so usually I'll preach when I visit a church if, if they'll let me, um, which is one of the, the privileges of being a um, being a, a bloke and a campus staff team leader is that preaching is something I do a lot of. Um, and so that's something I can offer churches. And for a small regional church, uh, it's often pretty hard to get anyone other than their own minister to preach. And um, some ministers take that as an opportunity to take a break and they nick off for a weekend. Uh, other, others, and yeah. I, th I think it's unhelpful when they do that, especially if I, if it's the first or second time I've visited, but that's what some of them do. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's been a really good first step is just visiting, um, spending some time with people, uh, sharing the gospel with them. Cause that means that when we talk about the campus ministry, we've all, I've already proved that we're on about the gospel because I've already preached the gospel to them. And so that, that's been really helpful in building credibility. 
Uh, and look, those partnerships are developed in all kinds of ways, and each church is different, um, which is why it's helpful to start with. Let's be friends and then see where this will go. Um, so we've helped with uh, holiday kids programs. Like I, my per- me personally and my wife um, have jumped in and helped with a few. Um, if we can, we'll, we'll take students along, but often that doesn't work out because um, often the programs are... Actually, sometimes the programs are during uni semester, which is not ideal. Um, and trying to get students to come and help with a holiday program when they're in classes is, just doesn't really work. Um, and often they land during the summer break when the students are all gone all over the country. And so, um, But at least going and helping myself kind of shows that we want this partnership to be two-way. We're not just asking them to give to us. We're not just asking for their money. We're not just asking for their time and effort. We're actually willing to invest in them going the other way. Um, I've taken teams of student musicians to visit churches before that don't have musicians Um, There's all kinds of practical ways you can love and encourage um, churches, especially those that are in under-resourced areas and actually lacking in people. Uh, And even just just visiting, um, even if it's just to do a 10-minute spot or a 7-minute spot on the campus ministry, uh, people are often really encouraged by that because it helps them lift their eyes from their own little patch to see that God is at work in all kinds of ways that they're not aware of. Uh, and people are often often quite excited by that, even if it's hard for them to know what to do with that excitement. Yeah, that's excellent. Um, and I remember you went through a phase a while back where you were really trying to give some structure to your individual reflection on churches and to, particularly to think about them not all just generically, but to think about each one individually. Can you tell us about your church evaluation tool that you came up with? Yeah, so it it started with... Uh, Kat, you handed me a, a tool that someone else had used, yeah. um, which was a bunch of tick boxes. And it was kind of things like theological alignment and ministry philosophy. And I looked at that and I went, I, this doesn't help me in the slightest. Like it was just like a list of church names and a bunch of boxes to tick. And I could, I could tick the boxes, but it didn't help me make any decisions about what to do with those different churches. And I think that tool had been designed to, um, or that, that structure had been designed to be a basis for discussion on a team, whereas obviously you're working by yourself, so looking for something a bit different. Yeah, absolutely. It wasn't that it was a bad tool, it just was didn't work for me. Um, so what I did is, I kind of starting with that, I then just started asking myself questions. I'm like, okay, well, um, okay, I turned the tool into a, into a list of questions, basically. So um, on what points of theology do I differ from this church team? Um, and often that's quite a hard question to answer. Uh, and so another question I thought about is, well, who is there at that church that'll actually help me answer that question? So who are the people that I know? And so it got me actually to think about the people in those churches mm. and what the relationship with those people would look like, rather than thinking of the churches as a monolithic entity and organization, um, it's people. And so uh, relationships about people require you to think about the people rather than to think about it as a, it's not a creature, I don't know what the word is to use, but yeah, an organisation, I suppose. Um, and so, yeah, look, that, I found that really helpful, just to, to force myself to ask questions. And so yeah. I think I came up with a list of 20 questions or so, um, uh, looking at all kinds of different things about, you know, who would, who would help me with this partnership? Uh, who's, who at the church is on my side? Um, is there someone who I could ask to help me with someone, something? Um, if I wanted to get something done by them, uh, who's the person I go to? Who, oh, who are the gatekeepers? That was one of the big ones. Um, in 
in most communities, there there's people who are the people that get stuff done, the people who will decide if things will happen or not. And sometimes that's the the senior minister, um, but it's not always. And sometimes there's a there's a a person who's in kind of charge of relationships in the church. And if you can work out who that is and get them on your side, uh, all kinds of things happen that you would never kind of expect. Um, and I haven't. I don't think I've always had a perfect record of finding those people. But it's if you can spot them, it's really helpful. Yeah, I remember you talking about the church culture and who could help you, whether there was someone who could help you understand the church culture and lots of those things. Um, and I remember you also mentioning that it was really helpful to ask yourself, what is it about our group that resonates with the values of this church and that, that whether they'd like the fact that we invest in young people or that we proclaim Jesus to people who aren't believers or um, that we do leadership training or we care about global mission, all of those kind of things. Um, that's excellent. Um, so one of the questions I'm also interested in is just what's you've kind of been thinking about church partnerships for quite a few years now. How's that evolving and what kind of structures are you thinking might be helpful going forward? What kind of um, action have you been taking recently or looking forward yeah. to? Yeah, so one of the things I mentioned already is that um, the frustrating thing about senior ministers is they have too much to do. Uh, and so asking them to be available when I need them is not always realistic. Um, and so look, we've been looking at ways to try and diversify that. Um, how can we uh, find other people who are both connected closely with their home church, but also are interested in the campus ministry um, to kind of carry the, the, the week-to-week, month-to-month relationship forward? Um, and look, we've, we've had some success in that and some not so much success. Um, but we, yeah, a couple of years ago, I put together a policy um, uh, on church champions, uh, basically looking for someone in each partner church who would take responsibility for championing the campus ministry um, among their church. And so um, that means things like uh, you know, sending me an email occasionally and asking for some prayer points. Uh, and there's, there's one older bloke who does that uh, kind of more often than I would like almost. Um, and it's fantastic because it just means I have to think about, oh yeah, actually what am I communicating to partners about how to pray for what's going on on campus? It's really, it's really lovely. Uh, and at least occasionally it then gets, gets me started on the process of writing a newsletter because I've already done half the work by working out what to tell him. And so I'm like, oh, well, I might as well just yeah, finish that job and put that together. Um, so That was actually a role description, wasn't it, that you pulled together? I, I do have a, yeah, I have a role description now. that It got there eventually. It's, you know, it's gone through a few drafts. But, um, yeah. And so yeah, re- recently I showed that to a, a friend um, at one church who'd, who'd actually just been asked by his pastor to become the missions rep, um, he and his wife together, to kind of take responsibility for the relationships with missionaries. And so I said, oh, well, look, this is what kind of what I would like in terms of that relationship and they took it and had a look at it and prayed about it and went, yeah, actually that, that works. That's kind of what we were thinking anyway. And so, um, yeah, so it meant just, just this last weekend, actually, we had a, um, a partnership event where we had a bunch of people to our house, um, and told some stories about, um, students and, um, interviewed a few students about, uh, how the campus ministry has been helpful for them. Uh, I gave uh, my friend and his wife the task of bringing people from their church. I just kind of said, here's the details, um, see how you go. And I think they ended up inviting, well, they invited their whole church in the end. And I think about six or seven people ended up coming, which was just amazing. Mm. Uh, I didn't have the time or energy to invite um, everyone that I wanted at the partnership event. And so it was really lovely to be able to partner in that 
um, with a church champion, um, someone who cared about the campus ministry and who was connected with his church uh, and who was able to take um, the burden of that pretty major task, actually, yeah, who's got the relationships in both directions to do that. So, yeah, that's been a really helpful thing. Yeah, that sounds like such an excellent thing um, for us to think more about in our organisation. Um, if you're thinking about um, just generally how you could be encouraging others or as you were getting started developing your church relationships, are there things, wisdom that you'd share or advice that you'd give, um, things you wish you could say to your past self? <laughs> yeah, that would be helpful for other staff who are starting to think about developing their church relationships a bit more? I mean, one major thing is that partnership has to be two-way. That it's really easy um, when we talk about partnership uh, for people to hear, give money. That, that that's what people hear. And so actually proving by your actions that when you say partnership, you mean partnership. Uh, and so finding practical ways to invest in your partners. And it's hard because it's another thing to have to do. Um, <laughs> But I mean, itinerant preaching is one thing that I've been able to do that's been a huge blessing to lots of churches in our area because it's, it's meant that their they're senior minister who's often part-time because that's all they can afford is actually able to get a break um, without them necessarily having to gamble on someone they don't know coming and preaching that weekend. Mm. Um, so that, that's been one way. Um, but yeah, look, partnership has to be two-way. You've actually got to give back if you want them to give to you in various kinds of ways. Um, I think also recognising that partnership is not, in some ways it's the same point, partnership is not just about money. There's all kinds of ways um, that your church partners can and will support you uh, and money is just one of them. Mm. Um, and what I'm hearing in what you've described is that it's taken quite a bit of time and energy um, over the years, maybe not all in one block, but how do you feel about the, the cost of that? Because I'm imagining lots of our staff listening, thinking, I just don't have the time for that kind of thing. So how have you weighed up that against some of the other things you could have done with that time? Absolutely. Time is always a factor and it's been a, it's always a hard thing in these kind of church partnerships. Um, whenever I've visited a new church, my wife and I describe it as going on a first date. Uh, you know, in, I'm always hoping for the quick fix in terms of partnership, um, especially um, I'm actually in financial deficit just at the moment. Um, and so like, I'm really keen to, to do things that are going to solve my problems as quickly as possible. And a new church partnership is not it because it takes time. Relationships are, are never quick. Um, they, yeah, they take time to get going and they take investment and effort and love. But in the long term, they do pay off. And so it's one of those things that I think we need to balance is that we need to invest time in the long-term relationships that are actually going to be good for us uh, and good for the campus and good for the students that we serve um, while also doing some of the pragmatic, practical stuff that's going to pay off in the short term as well. Uh, and that's, that's hard. I don't, have, I don't have that worked out. Um, you know, it's, it's tricky to balance those things. Um, but yeah, there's always more good things to do than we can possibly manage. And it's always a matter of weighing up uh, which ones seem like the, the wisest use of our time right now. Mm. Great. Well, Steve, thanks so much for sharing some of that 
uh, with us. I feel like there's lots more I'd love to ask about, but uh, we'll finish up there for now. But I'd love to pray for you and to pray for us as the, who are listening as well. Thanks, Kat. Yeah. Let's pray together. Our Father, we thank you so much for your people, for saving us through Jesus to be your people together. And we pray uh, in Australia and around the world that we might continue to walk together, uh, growing in unity and purpose together. Father, we pray that you would strengthen Steve and these church champion relationships that he's seeking to build and pray that you would help all of us in our organisation to keep loving your church the way you do, seeking to have two-way partnerships where we're wise about our time and uh, the way we steward our time but also uh, spend our time in ways that love your church and build up your church and uh, invest in our partnerships. And we pray that it might be to your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks, Steve, for joining me. And thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next time talking about Romans 15 and Paul's partnership with the church there. Okay, thanks and bye. <laughs>